Our scripture reading today is from 2 Corinthians 4, 13 through 5, 1. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an, an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. The word of the Lord. Last October, I received a phone call from Dr. Bowser. And uh, what I thought he said was, do you have the, the availability and are you able to uh, go and take an interim pastoral position for three or four months? Uh, that was last October. I assumed that I heard him correctly, three or four months. I said yes. What I realized is he must have said three plus four months because next week I will have been with you for seven months. It's hard to believe, but it, time has flown by. Um, next Sunday, so I have... Next Sunday will be my last Sunday with you. The, thank you. I have one fan. Thank you very much. Uh, the rest of you, or you can put, throw the party after church when I leave. All right. But I have one fan. That's good to know. Uh, but anyway, next Sunday will be my last Sunday with you. The following Sunday, the district will supply a speaker, and then Pastor Chris will be here. And I'm excited about that. I can't wait to hear about all the great things that, that you guys are going to be able to accomplish with her leadership and your, your help and, and your support and, and your leadership as well. So next Sunday, I'm going to do something unique, something you probably have never heard before. I'm going to talk about to you about how to be the church every pastor dreams about. I'm going to pull back the curtain of what it means to be a pastor and let you see the heart of a pastor. Okay? You've never heard a message like this, I guarantee you. I, it's not a message you can preach while you're the pastor of the church. You can preach it on your last Sunday of the pastor of the church, and, and I've done that everywhere I pastored in every interim position I've done, because it lets you see a glimpse of who we are that you never see and what we dream about and helps prepare you to be the kind of church that Pastor Chris will come and just fall in love with and welcome. So um, that's next week. Today, I, I want to talk to you about this. You're like, what is that? I don't know. We're going to try and zoom in. Do we have that? We can't do that. Okay. I'm going to zoom in. Here we go. All right, you have been zoomed in. This, I'll, I'll just talk to you about what this is. This is a domino. It's not just any domino. It's a domino that sits on my desk every day. I, I put it right where I can see it every day as I'm working. And uh, it reminds me of the topic we're going to talk about here today. But let me tell you the history of this domino. I had uh, spoken this message series. It's a full series. We only get one glimpse today. But I had spoken this at the church that we are attending on a regular basis, or at least I think they think we're still attending there. Uh, but uh, we'll be going back there in a few weeks and rejoining them. And, and um, I had spoken about influence there and talked about the idea of the domino. 
And about six months later, our church sends a team every year to Jamaica. We're partnered with the Nazarene Church in Jamaica. I think it's on the East District of Jamaica. And uh, they go there for a work project and help them do whatever repairs for about a week or two that they, they need on their facility. And it's a very unique partnership that we're able to help our fellow Nazarenes uh, partway around the world. And right after I had done this, the, their very next trip, they went out after I spoke about the domino. They went out and they were digging on their, the website or their, the work site and they unearthed a domino. This is an official Jamaican domino. I don't know if it is. I'm saying that because it's from Jamaica. That's how I got it. But it is very cracked. It is very worn. I have to be very careful with it because I'm afraid if I drop it, it'll actually splinter into pieces. But if you were able to see this, it is extremely cracked and beaten up by life. A um, couple of things that I like about the domino, the number on the domino is significant to me because it's a number seven. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, seven repeats itself as the number of completion. And you think seven days of creation. But the seven is a six and a one. It's a very unique domino to me. A six and a one, okay? God created the earth in six days. He rested one day. What does that mean for us? Our model of working five days and having the weekend is not biblical. God designed us to work six days, but to really rest for one. Let that sink in for a moment. If you're working seven days a week, you're outside of God's plan for your life. If you're working five days a week and kicking off the weekends, you need to rethink that. What would happen if we actually lived six and one? It's a totally different lifestyle. It allows you to do the kind of things we're going to talk about today. But this domino sits there on my desk every day to remind me of the importance of influence the power of influence. The power of influence that I have each and every day of my life, the power of influence that you have each and every day of your life. You see, this domino isn't anything special. It's, yeah, it's my Jamaican domino, and I was very honored when they came back from that trip and presented it to me. But it's a constant reminder of why God put me on this planet. Now, probably this past year, a year and a half, you've been wondering, what on earth am I here for? You know, we've, we've gone through a lot of things. I, I was with a friend this week. I took him out to lunch, and we were talking, and he said, he's a Christian counselor. He said, I have an unbelievable waiting list. I cannot get to all the people that need to talk to me. And we talked about the fact that that's because of COVID. And we've been so isolated, and we've been forced to live in these situations now that have magnified the problems that we have in our life. And many of us are asking, What's my purpose? You know, is, is it just to sit here, hide behind a mask, and, and, and just be isolated from everybody? Or is there something bigger, something greater than that that God has for us? I want to suggest to you that there is. But if you look at the screen, you'll see that there is a, one domino in that stack of dominoes that's a different color. It's a color red. That red domino represents the very first domino in a series of dominoes. And we're going to look at, at dominoes and the power of dominoes. You're going to be wondering, where's this guy going? You know, what does this have to do with me as a Christian and, and the Bible in particular? Because I don't think they played dominoes in Jesus' day. But I think if they did, there would be a lot of scriptures about a domino because of the impact that it has. That first domino in the series is you. That first domino is your life. It's how you live your life each and every day. It's the influence that you have in the world around you. And you look and you say, well, yeah, I can reach out and make an impact on a couple of different dominoes, and maybe I'll make a difference in someone's life. I want you to see the power 
of the influence of one domino. Watch on the screen what happens when one domino tips and impacts the one beside it. started with what? One domino. Now, yes, that was a beer commercial. I'm sorry about that. It, it was a beer commercial, but it was so powerful to illustrate. Did you catch the tag phrase at the end? You'll probably know it's for Guinness beer. Good things come to those who wait. Good things come to those who use their influence for Christ. I, I want to talk to you about this idea of influence. You'll see uh, one of my favorite authors He's a favorite author of mine because I'm one of his independent coach, speakers, and trainers, John Maxwell. Uh, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. When you think about the idea of influence and leadership, they're, they're hand in hand. So I want to say to you this morning, you are a leader. You have an impact, the ability to impact and influence people around you. Uh, you say, well, Pastor Ray, I, I'm, I'm an introvert. I don't even like people. You know, I just want to stay away from people. I can't possibly influence anyone. If you look, if you do a Google search on influence, and you will see that there's a range of, of a number of influence uh, out there that says even the most introverted person, even the most introverted person will impact between 10,000 and 80,000 people in their lifetime. 10,000 to 80,000 people in their lifetime. There's a wide range there, but the numbers resonate well within that. Now think about that. In your lifetime, you will influence at least 10,000 other people in your lifetime. You say, well, there's, there's no way I influence in, uh, 10,000 people in my lifetime. Well, think about the numbers of people. How many of you have a Facebook account or a LinkedIn account? How many of you have uh, over 500 to 1,000 people as friends on Facebook? How many of you have 300? 200. How many of you know what Facebook is? Okay, we'll go from there. All right. Now think about that. One post on Facebook doesn't just go to your friends because they do what? They share with other people. It's interesting what people share on Facebook, but that's a whole other message. 
I do have a message called How to Lead Your Facebook to Christ, but that's another story. Um, there, are, there is a wide range with social media. I think if they redid that study, I think it would be much higher now because the influence around the world that we could have. Uh, when I was pastoring, I, we were able to track who was watching my online messages, and I had people in Russia, Ukraine, watching on a consistent basis the messages. What impact, what a worldwide influence we now have available to us. And leadership is influence. Every time you influence someone, you are leading them in certain aspect or not. Those of you who are Sunday school teachers, small group leaders, you are influencing, you are leading and influencing those in your class. They will then grow up to influence others in the faith, faith for Christ and, and continue on and on in ever-widening circles. The things that you say to every day, the things that you say and do every day, will either point people toward Christ or drive them away from Christ. Think about that. That's the power of influence that you have in your life. Every day, the things that you do and say will either point people toward Christ or drive them away from Christ. Why is it so important that the interactions we have with others is based upon biblical values and so Christ-like? It's because we have an amazing power to influence others. It's interesting that when we begin to look at our lives like a domino, one little insignificant domino buried in the dirt in a foreign country can be unearthed, set at the beginning of the whole chain that will impact people for life. I don't know about you, I would have never thought one domino could topple over cars. But it can. That's the power of influence that we have. So let's talk about the domino for a moment. There's a few lessons that we can learn from dominoes, and then we'll get to our scripture for today. The first one is this. Each domino is unique. If you begin to look at dominoes, you pull, a, pull out a domino set. You can get the Mexican train. You can do all these different kinds of sets, and they'll be all unique, different styles, different types, different numbers on each one. I guarantee you there is not another domino in the entire world that is like the one I hold in my hand right now. There's absolutely no way. It's got its own unique fingerprint, its own unique stamp on it from, from the life that it's lived. You and I, as dominoes, are very unique and different. There's not a one in this room that will have the same influence as someone else in this room. Each domino is unique. Each domino has hidden power. Think about that. You have hidden power. You are a superhero without a cape. Think about that. Did you ever think that a domino could topple a car? And yet there's a hidden power that's just waiting to be revealed when that domino begins to influence around it. Each domino works best in conjunction with others. Dominoes were created to, to work best in conjunction with other people. They were designed, you and I were designed not to be alone. And that's what's been so hard about COVID is we've been in isolation. That's not how God created us. God created us to be working in conjunction with other people to make a difference in this world through our influence. Dominoes are very powerful when acted upon by an outside force. Isn't it interesting that, that when we begin to allow God to change our lives, We've talked about that, right? That, that there's something different when the power of the Holy Spirit is living in us. 
We've looked at that over these past few weeks. We've, we've gone through this, this Living in God's Presence series and talked about the presence of God in our lives. When God is alive and at work and we allow him to really influence our lives, then when we are acted upon by an outside force, the Holy Spirit living in us, we begin to influence the world around us. We saw that in the Apostle Peter, right? Very weak, very, very bold, very brash. He'd just pick up a sword and not the person you want in a sword fight because you can only slice off a guy's ear. But he did it in, in defense of Jesus, and Jesus said, that's not who we are. And he healed it. And what did the disciples do? They ran for their lives, and they hid. And where did you find them on the day of Pentecost? In the temple, worshiping. And the Holy Spirit comes on the scene, and Peter... The weak coward is now emboldened, and he gets up and says, if you read his words, if you read through Acts with us, you read his words, he was pretty pointed. He said, you killed the Son of God, but God raised him back to life. And that's who we are here celebrating. That's what's happening in your presence. And 3,000 people came to faith in God that day. There's something different when a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit begins to impact their world. Dominoes are very powerful when acted upon by an outside force. And there is incredible creativity possible when dominoes interact. I, I think that was, that was evident. You know, some of those things, I don't know if you caught it, but did, were you watching the video closely in detail? Did you see there was a series of crutches, then all of a sudden there was a leg on a hinge that went up and around and kicked the next crutch? I wonder whose leg that was. You know, I, I, I'm, I don't think it was a real leg, but it, it was interesting because there was so much creativity, buckets of paint falling over, tires, refrigerators, bales of hay on fire flying through the air, all because of the way dominoes interacted with each other that day. It all started with one. See, dominoes are very, very creative. Jesus talked about how you and I have influence. He talked about this, this power of influence that happens when we really get on fire, literally, hey, Bale, fire, got it? Sorry, had to go there. When we get on fire with the Holy Spirit and really begin to make a difference for God, there is a power that happens that's revealed in us and through us. It's this power of influence. Jesus didn't use the metaphor of a domino, but he did use a metaphor that we're familiar with. We've heard this passage many times about we are to be salt and light. We find it in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus says this. He's talking to his disciples, to his church. He's talking to you today as if Jesus were standing up here, and he's saying to you, table life, you are the salt of the earth. Just pause there. Let that sink in. You're the salt of the earth. You're the one called to make a difference in this world. You're the one that is to bring flavor to the world. You're the one that is to act as a preservative of the things of God. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Do you understand that there are churches in our country today that may as well close their doors because they are not doing a thing for God? There are churches today that have lost their saltiness. There are Christians today that have lost their saltiness and need to get back to where they were with their relationship with God. You are the salt of the earth. That was Jesus' plan. I'm glad I wasn't Jesus because I wouldn't have designed it the way he did. You're glad I wasn't Jesus too because you would then have to change your whole image of a bald Jesus and all that other stuff. 
But here's the thing. Jesus put so much faith in us. God chose, Jesus being God, chose 12 people knowing one would fail him. And he said, everything, every hope about the Christian faith is in you guys. Go make it happen. I don't have that much faith in you and I. I don't have that much faith in myself to be able to do that. But yet that's what happened. Because a dozen dominoes, empowered by the Holy Spirit, decided to change the world. Boy, we should stop right there. Because that's what we need today, more than anything. And he went on to say, it's not bad enough that you're the salt of the earth, and if you lose your saltiness, you're useless for the kingdom. He went on to say, you're the light of the world. Now notice this. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. If you think about that, if you ever drive somewhere and you see a city or a, or, or a house up on the hill, it can be a huge forest, and there will be a house or a city or, or something that will catch your attention, and it just cannot be hidden because it's elevated so high. It's right there in the vision all the time. He says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Everything you say or do as a Christ follower will point people toward God or away from him. You see the power of influence that God's given us? the power that he has given to us to make a difference in this world. Well, we need to dig deep into this idea of influence because it's something that we think about or may have heard about, but it's not something we've really explored. So I want to talk about this fact that I am, you are, a person of influence. Think of yourself as an influential person. I don't know really if you really fully understand how much influence you truly have, but you do. So what I want to do is I want to help you out this morning. I want you to turn to the person on either side of you and say to them, you are a person of influence. Go ahead and do that. Okay. Now, now for most of you, you heard that. You know, For some of you, you heard, you are a person of influence, right? Because we can't understand when we can't see the lips. I don't know, as I get older, if the mask is there, I had to, I've, I've told people to repeat themselves so many times in this past year, I'm getting sick of hearing it myself. You know? and, and so we're getting past that eventually. But uh, we're going to do this one more time, but I want you to turn to those same people and say, I am a person of influence. Go ahead and do that. You know, you know, as somebody uh, not participating in talking and listening to that whole conversation, it was like, you are a person of influence. I am a person of influence. You weren't sure of that, were you? Because it's hard to look at ourselves as a person of influence, as somebody who really makes an impact in this world, especially if we're introverted or, or not sure of our, our self-esteem is, is quite where it should be. It's like, how can I be used by God to make a difference in this world? Hang on. If a domino can topple a car... You can be used by God. So Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Now think about this for a moment. Jesus is sitting on a hillside. He's teaching to the crowd. And in the crowd are leaders of the political realm. In that crowd are moms who stay at home with their children. In that crowd are people involved in business. 
In that crowd are fishermen, tax collectors, all kinds of socioeconomic people from his age. Yet he says to them, all of them, in that second statement, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. What he's saying to all of them, no matter their background, he's saying, in essence, you are a person of influence. I want to suggest to you this morning, as we think about this idea, I am a person of influence, well, I've already talked about this. Every person will influence between 10,000 to 80,000 people during their lifetime. But every person is created by God for their life to matter. Every person created by God for their life to matter. I, I, wish, I, could, I wish I could help you understand the depth of that statement. Because I know when I talk to people, there are people like, what good am I, what worth am I that, that are in the crowd listening? You know, that, that deal with self-esteem issues, that struggle to believe that there's anything positive that can come from their life because they're so beaten down by the things of this world, like this domino that's been beaten by the earth and cracked, and, and, and we've, we've almost given up that we can actually accomplish anything in this world. I want to say to you, if you can fully understand the depth of that statement, every person formed by God for their life to matter. You see, I've kind of come to understand that to mean it doesn't matter what other people say about me. I could care less. What matters is what my Heavenly Father says about me. But it also means it doesn't matter what I think about me. What matters is what my Heavenly Father thinks about me. Because I have been formed by God and my life matters. Those of you who struggle with self-esteem issues, if you could just get that simple truth, it would totally change your world, totally change your life, totally change your thinking. You were created by God for your life to matter. You are on this planet to be an influencer to those around you. Well, there are also spheres of influence around you that you interact with and that you can make a difference in. I, I believe we have a, a, I didn't check your worship folder this morning, but I believe in there there's a space in the sermon notes, uh, a blank space that talks about this spheres of influence. I, I know you don't do this on Sunday, but I'm sorry, I'm giving you homework. All right? I want you to take this home, and I want you to do something very simple. Do this right now, if you would, in, in that part of the bulletin where there's that blank space below where it says, my spheres of influence. I want you to put a small circle in the middle and write the word you, or put your name in there. And then what I want you to do is go home and make a map out of this. It's called a mind map. I want you to draw a line out that says family, draw a line out that says friends, and then begin putting little circles on there that, that are the people that you think of. Who are your friends? Who are your family members? I want you to draw another line out and put a circle at the end of that that says workplace or, or job, and then little lines with circles of the names of the people in your work that you influence every day. And you'll see some other ideas there, things that listed there that you can do. As you begin to do this, you're going to see, I have a big sphere of influence. It's so much bigger than I thought. And each person that you influence will influence someone else. And those people will influence someone else because it started with you, the little domino in the middle. So I want you to understand, take, do that. those of you who do that assignment, it will open up your world. It really will open up your eyes to the difference that you can have, make for God in this world. There are spheres of influence around you that God has placed you there 
maybe in some cases only you can make a difference. You say, but I've got this person over here. I'm praying for this person. I'm trying to influence this person. I'm putting all my energy there, and nothing has been happening. Maybe you're not the one that God wants to influence that person. Maybe you need to pray for that person that God will send somebody into their life that will influence them. And maybe you need to back off and move over here and pray. You don't understand. It's my son or my daughter. I, I do understand. I get it. But you can pray for the people that will enter your son and daughter's life, your parents' life, your friends' lives. And many times they can say things that you can't say that God can use. And in so doing and praying, you are still influencing the outcome in their life, aren't you? Because prayer is talking with God and asking him to make a difference. I'm a person of influence. So if I am, then maybe what I need to do is step up and be the person God created me to be. You know, we have a lot of Christians sitting in the background that, that, that come to church on a regular basis that, that love being there, they love singing the songs, they love talking to their friends and everything, but they go and they do nothing for God during the week. Maybe God's saying to you today, I need to step up and be the person that God created me to be. Maybe God's saying to you, I need to have that conversation at work this week about my faith with that coworker. Maybe God's saying to you, when Pastor Chris arrives in a few weeks, I need to talk to her and say, I've been sitting back waiting. When you're ready and you have something for me to do, I'm here for you. What could happen? Think about it. Look at, look at the number of people in here today. Do we have an attendance number? Where's Becca? She stepped out. Do we have any? Oh, she's, she, she didn't step out. She sat down. I'm used to seeing her up in the sound booth. She's actually in a chair with you guys. I think that's the first time I've seen that in the seven months I've been here. Do we have an attendance number today? Sixty-nine. So because I don't do really well with math on the fly, we're going to round that to 70 because that's so much easier. 70 times 10,000 on the low side of influence means the people in this room can, anybody done it? 700,000 people can be influenced on the low side by the people in this room. Put it on the high side, 5.6 million people can be influenced in a lifetime just by the people sitting in this room. You don't think table life can make a difference in this world? You can in a huge way. Step up and be the person that God's created you to be. But the interesting thing is we all have a choice of whether we'll just use our influence to look out for ourselves or whether we will exercise our influence and make a difference with others. You know, I, I, I think about that when I see this domino. I, I have a choice with this domino. I can set this domino on my desk, and I can look at it every day and say, that's a nice domino. That's a really odd-looking domino. I like the number, but, boy, it's pretty beat up. Life has been rough to this domino. It's time for this domino to retire and just rest. Two things the Bible never tells us as Christians we are to do. Retire and take it easier rest. You won't find it in Scripture. It's not there. What are we to do? Six and one. Rest every week on the seventh day to recoup ourselves and be ready to serve God the other six. And when you work, work as if you are working for God, not man, Scripture tells us. 
You see, everything about the Bible is calling us to be people of influence to this world. What could happen if Table Life took that seriously and said, Pastor Chris, we're ready to influence this world. Point us in the right direction. We are ready to go. What difference could happen in this town, in this county, because of 69 or 70 people gathered here in this place today? You are a person of influence. So what do you do with that? You know, it's, it's great to sit here and say, hey, I'm a person of influence. I can draw up my diagram like Pastor Ray said, you know, and, and I, can, I can be a person of influence. But how do I do that? How do I actually expand my influence and help people? We're going to talk about that. I'm glad you asked the question. You see, the goal of this message is to help you expand your God-given influence. It, it's so important that we understand how influence grows and how it expands. Think about it for a moment. Think of your life as a calm pond, all right? That pond, there's no wind blowing that day. There's, it's, it looks like a sheet of glass out there. And, and I love those pictures where you can't really tell if the, the beautiful mountain scene is down here or if it's up there and what's reflected is what, if it's upside down. You know, those pictures that are just so perfectly reflected in a calm lake. And then you take your domino of your life and you toss it out in the lake. I would love to do this, but I'm afraid it'll shatter. You toss it out in the lake and let it hit. What happens? Well, first there's a plop, right? There's the plop of that domino hitting. But then what's, what begins to happen after that initial splash? Wave after wave after wave after wave after wave begin to go out from that center point. And it's not just one wave that just continues to go out, is it? It's a continual wave pattern that continues on for quite some time. You see, as we begin to influence others, those ripples become ever-expanding, and they begin to, to grow and make a difference in this world. So how does that work? Well, my influence expands as my knowledge grows. The more you know, the more you're able to influence. Some people have limited influence because they have limited knowledge. You have to learn new skills to influence better in your workplace, right? You have to learn new principles. You have to take on some new ideas. You have to begin to expand how you view life and what it has always been. You can't ever say those words, we've never done it that way before. Oh, I'm sorry, that's next week's message. You see, when you're willing to jump into the lake and that domino hits that water, it will ever grow and ever expand. But what do you have to do to jump into the lake? For me, I think I want to know how to swim. You know? If I'm going to jump into a deep lake or a, or a pond, I think I would want to know how to swim. So I get the skill, and then I jump in, and I'm OK. And if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to enter into a new area of ministry, we, we planted a church years ago, early on in our ministry. And um, we started it in 1997. And I will tell you this, the amount of knowledge that I had about church planting at the time that we accepted that position and moved there and started was from one semester of one class. I had no idea what I was doing. It's, it's scary today to admit that, but you know, we jumped in. 
We knew we had a, a vision and a passion, but we didn't have all the skills that we needed to make it work. But God taught us along the way. We jumped in. You see, we don't need to know everything to make a difference for God, but we need to be growing. We need to be continually growing in our relationship with God. We need to learn more about him and about what he's called us to do. And maybe there's a specific area of ministry that God's calling you to that really scares you because you don't know that much about it. So you begin to develop some skills. You begin to learn. And as you learn, your influence grows. There was a story about a, a very prominent business person. He was being interviewed about some of the principles that have made him a success. And that interviewer said, do you think that if you lost it all, you could do it again? His response was very interesting. He said, you know, if I could start again, knowing what I know now, I think I could rebuild my business within a decade because it was the knowledge that I learned along the way that counted. It was the knowledge that mattered. It was the lessons that I learned that mattered. I want to suggest to you that there are a lot of life lessons in this room. We, we have, dare I say it, VHS, VHS tapes at our house. I mean, some of you younger people in here may not even have a clue what that is. We actually have kept a VHS player, a cassette tape player, a video cassette tape player in our house because of the fact that we want to watch these videos from time to time. And they were videos of our kids growing up, our early years of ministry and youth ministry and things. And, and so from time to time, we get them out and we watch them. And, and the, 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 our kids used to call them life lessons. We want to watch some life lessons. So we would watch some of the videos and some of the things that they did that were really stupid as kids. And, and they, but a lesson was learned from that experience. you know. And so it was life lessons. We each in here have varying degrees of life lessons, things that we have learned, things that we want to do and repeat because they're successful, things that just haven't been so successful we don't ever want to do them again. And we've learned from other people's failures to say, I'm not going to make that mistake. But we have a wide variety of skills and lessons and knowledge. What would happen if we began using that in a new way for God? Well, my influence expands as my knowledge grows, but my influence expands as I serve. If the domino sits there and does nothing, it has no influence. It's the domino tipping and meeting the next domino in the line that has the influence, and it begins to grow and expand over time. I've had people, during my years of pastoring, I've had people come up to me and say, I would love to do what you just talked about today, but I don't have any, any ability to teach. I, I, you know, small group, that's scary. I don't know enough about the Bible to be a small group. I said, you're just the person I want. And they look at me like, well, did you hear what I said, Pastor? I said, I heard what you said, but I want to tell you what you said is true. You will learn more by teaching than you will by being taught. And they look at me really strange, like, what are you talking about? If you're willing to, to take a small group and you're willing to study that lesson, I guarantee you, because you don't know the topic of the lesson, you will learn it better than if somebody taught it to you because you are now in a position of influence. And with influence comes the responsibility to know and to serve. You're not going to be the expert in the topic, but you will know a whole lot more. and You'll learn more by teaching and jumping in. You see, my influence expands as I serve. The more I serve God in different areas of my life, whether it's work, home, church, community, the more I serve, the more my influence begins to expand. If you're not serving in some aspect in your life for God, I want to encourage you to start.
your influence will expand exponentially as you serve. Well, here's the interesting one. As I choose how to use my influence. Every one of us has influence. I've already said that. Every one of us was created by God to impact the world around us. Every one of us will influence between 10 to 80,000 people in our lifetime. But we need to talk about how we use that influence. You see, there's this idea of deception out there. When you let that overpowering negative self take over and you begin to deceive people so you can get something, that's using your influence in a deceptive way. It's called selfishness. It's all about personal gain. I grieved yesterday because I heard a story of a dear friend of mine who began to use his influence in a negative way to accomplish a goal, and it broke my heart. You see, we can use our influence to deceive others into getting our way. It's not a good idea. What about manipulation? It's when you fall back in that old way of acting and thinking. You begin to try and win at the expense of another person's losing. It, my influence, my leadership in life, I can deceive you into getting my way. I can manipulate you into getting my way. And it's always about what? My way. So whether I lie to you and tell you things that aren't true, or whether I manipulate you to get to my goal, that is a selfish focus. And people every day use their influence that way. So let me ask you this before we get to the third one. Well, let me give you the third one, then we'll come back to this. Influence is when you produce an effect without forcing a change on someone. Influence is saying, it's not about my way, it's about God's way, it's about the right way. I want to influence you, I want to help move you in this direction because I know it's what God's best is for you. It's not about me and what I want. It's not about deceiving or manipulating. It's about living a life and influencing and saying things and doing things that lead you to a point of choice of whether you want to follow God or not or make a difference in his life and let him make a difference in your life. So with those definitions of influence, let me, tell, let me give you an idea here. I'm going to give you a list of names, and I want you to say simply good or bad. Are they, did they use their influence in their lifetime in a good way or a bad way? All right, you got that? Good or bad? Say out loud, this is interactive time. All right? Mother Teresa. Good. All right. Billy Graham. Martin Luther King Jr. Adolf Hitler. Why would I have Adolf Hitler in a list of leaders? He was a phenomenal leader. You want to learn leadership lessons? Study the life of Adolf Hitler. He was put in power by one vote. He led a party, a minority party, down a horrible path. But he was a leader and had some amazing leadership abilities. But he did it in a bad way, in a very hurtful, painful way. And that's the understatement of the decade. Um, let's go back to the list. Osama bin Laden. Warren Buffett. Like, I don't know who he is. One of the richest men in the world, OK? I would, say, I would say the things that I've heard of him, mostly good. Mostly good. Uh, we'll get a little tough one here. Bill Gates. Not sure. Okay. The, the verdict isn't out yet. Okay. How about this one? Donald Trump. No, don't answer that. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Not getting political today, but here's the thing. We have an opportunity. Every one of us has an opportunity. I could put Joe Biden out there, too. 
Every one of us has an opportunity to use our influence in a way that's positive or negative. The way we live our lives, the things that we say and do, will always people point people toward Christ or drive them from Christ. How are you using your influence? How are you choosing to use your influence today? The difference between the three of deception, manipulation, and influence is motive and choice. Is the motive about what I can get out of it or is the motive about how I can help that person? And it's a choice of how I'm going to help that person. Am I going to manipulate them or deceive them to get to the goal or am I going to lead them and influence them for Christ in the hopes that they will make the right choice in their life? You see, the bottom line is we're the salt and the light of this world. We're a domino that can make a huge difference. Will you be God's salt and light to the world around you, choosing to use your influence in a positive way? As I leave here next week, I wish I could say to you, that's what you're going to do. But really, the answer is up to you, isn't it? It's not something I can force on you to be the salt and the light. It's not something I can make you do. It's a choice that you have to make to be willing to say to God first, Pastor Chris second, I'm willing to be joined with you and partner with you to make a difference in this world. Whatever time I have left, whatever years I have left in my life, I want to be an influence for Christ. Why do we do that? Because of what Christ did for us.